Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 49 of the podcast. I hope you are doing great. Sun is still shining. It's been two or three months at this stage, I'd say, and it's just, it's made the, the lockdown a little bit easier. I think it definitely would have been a million times harder if it was wind and rain all two, three months and we were stuck inside. It would not have been pleasant. So, count your blessings. Today, we are going to speak about identity and beliefs and how we view ourselves in the world and how we fit in in the world. And I think there's a lot of thought-provoking stuff in this that maybe might might get you questioning a few things and might resonate with a few people. So I hope you get a lot out of it. First thing I'm going to say to you today is what you do is not who you are. What you do is not who you are. Think about this. When you ask somebody, tell me about yourself, the first thing they'll do is they'll define themselves by their job or by their career. I'm a hairdresser. I'm a chef. I'm a fitness instructor. That's normally the first thing we go to. But for every single one of us, there's more to us than that. There's a million times more to us than what we do. And sometimes we peg ourselves and we define ourselves just by that, which is not the healthiest thing in the world to do. Because the problem arises when that thing is taken away and that thing can be taken away at any time. So if all of your self-worth and all of your confidence is coming from that one thing, what are you going to do when it's taken away or if it's taken away? Are you going to be able to cope? Is your mental health going to suffer? Is it going to create problems for you? In my experience, it is. I've seen this with a lot of people down through the years. You would find it a lot even, particularly people of profile or people maybe like athletes or people who might be from professional sports background or maybe people who are well known through the likes of a television career or whatever. You know, there's huge statistics around the amount of footballers, for example, that suffer from depression when they retire, when all that stuff is taken away. So if all of your self-worth is coming from this one thing, it certainly can cause problems. So we need to view our life as a whole and look at where are we strong and where are we weak? What's the stuff that we're not doing? What's the stuff that we're abandoning that maybe we need to work on? And I've been guilty of this myself. So when I speak about this sort of stuff, I'm speaking from experience here. Like I've nearly been through some of this myself. I've, I've caught it before it got too far, but I definitely did find for a few years, I was the fitness guy and I was nothing beyond that. It was all I was doing. And my whole life was ingrained in that and my whole life was revolving around it. And it was the way everybody else viewed me. And to a point, it was the way I was starting to view myself. And I couldn't see beyond that. And I couldn't see that other aspects of my life were on the slide. And I think you have to bring a little bit of self-awareness into it and to realise that there are some stuff that needs to be worked on. And you can't keep going as you are because it's not a great path. And you might be making money and you might be getting successful and maybe you're building a reputation. Your bank balance might be increasing. But it's not all about that. And if your whole value system is around that, you're going to suffer at some point. Um, I would say to you, I've got a much more rounded life now than I had even four or five years ago. The last few years, I've worked on an awful lot of stuff that I felt I needed to work on. And I felt I needed to work on it because it became quite obvious to me that I was getting very one dimensional. Other people had labelled me as the fitness guy and that was what I was starting to label myself. I was working 10, 15 hours a day. And, you know, I still do that, but I now have downtime and I now make time to go and visit my family and visit my friends. I now make time to pick up the phone, and have conversations with people. There was a couple of years when I wasn't doing that. I was just solely focused on building my business and I was incredibly driven to do that. I'm still very driven to do that, but I have a much better balance now. Back then there was nothing else. It was just that and it was only that. And again, when you start to build up a following, that's what they know you for. Like they don't know you beyond that. They don't know anything else about you. They don't know about your life. They don't know about your backstory. They only know that you're the fitness guy and you're the guy that's helping them on Facebook and on Instagram and all the rest. And then they're going to identify you as that 
And that's going to be the conversations. That's the only conversations you have with them. There's still that. Like, I have my, fo- my social media followings and that now. And of course, that's what they know me for. And that's still the only conversations I have with them. But what has happened for me is that beyond that, my life beyond that, I've developed. So now I can have conversations with family and with friends and with other people that would have been acquaintances. I can have conversations beyond fitness. I can have conversations beyond weight loss. I can have conversations beyond all that stuff. So I've got more of a balance now. So of course, the social media people, that's what they're going to ask me about. That's what I'm there for. That's what I want. But in the background, I've developed better circles and I've developed my own horizons a lot, I feel, from where I was. I think a problem for younger people in particular is that a lot of their self-worth seems to be wrapped up in the likes that they get from Instagram and Facebook, their popularity on Snapchat, on TikTok or whatever they're using at the moment. There's nothing wrong with getting likes and all that, but I think if your self-worth is wrapped around it, then it becomes a problem because it becomes addictive and you need more and more of it and it can impact your mental health. I see it in the fitness industry quite a bit, especially on Instagram. You will see, there's a lot of people that I don't know that would follow me, fitness professionals and that, so I'm seeing their stuff online. And one thing I've really noticed, and this is going to sound a little bit funny maybe, but one thing I've noticed with some people is that if you look at their their progression of pictures over time, they're wearing less and less clothes. They're wearing less and less clothes. It's gone from, they maybe realised at some stage that a certain type of picture got them a huge amount of engagement, got them a massive amount of likes. And over time, they're starting to push the boundaries a little bit more because they need those likes and they need them to keep coming. Now, I'm speaking about fitness professionals here. I don't know if they're even making much money from it. I think they've got so wrapped up in having people adoring them and giving them all these likes. And, you know, it's funny and it's a bit sad, but I see even people I'd know their pictures on Instagram look nothing like the person in reality. Like they're completely different. Their faces don't even look the same. They've distorted it so much through lighting and through filters. And it's just, a, it's a really, really worrying thing because I think at some point you're going to have to face up to that and you're going to have to face the reality that you can't keep doing this forever. It's going to mentally impact you. Are you giving yourself the message that I'm not good enough as I am? That would worry me. That would worry me. So I think we need to be self-aware enough to understand that it's possibly affecting us in a bad way and it could affect our mental health in some way because all that stuff can be taken away at any time i mean instagram could go bankrupt in the morning you know so it's not going to be there forever and things are going to change there's always going to be new people coming in and people are going to go and start following them so i'm using it as an example here but i think just for our younger listeners it's something to be very cognizant of don't put all of your self-worth and all of your self-esteem based on the amount of likes you get on a social media platform um going back to myself I think I was probably self-aware enough. I had the self-awareness to identify that my life needed to change. And I'm quite lucky, I think, in that I am quite self-aware and I am very cognizant of my behaviours, my reactions, how I make people feel, how people are around me, how I am around other people. And I think that's something that's important as well. And when I identified that, I was able to understand that my life wasn't very well-rounded. And for anybody listening that feels maybe that's them, I would kind of encourage you to do a little self-awareness check and become a lot more aware of yourself and what's going on in your life and what's working and what's not working. And then you can start to make changes. I had discovered that I had become the fitness guy to a lot of people and maybe to myself as well. And my identity was starting to get wrapped up in that. And I was more, I was, I had to ask like, what am I beyond the fitness guy? What am I beyond that? Beyond that, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, I'm a friend. I'm, I like to think I'm a good person. There's a lot more to me than just the fitness guy which was what I was nearly getting pigeonholed as even now it's 
over the last few years, as you know, I've got very into personal development. I've got very into mindset and psychology and I love all that stuff. And I think there's a lot more to me now, even in a professional sense, never mind in a personal sense, than what people had pegged me as or what I had pegged myself as. And even in the gym now, it's really it's really funny to me because you will sometimes get people that don't know me so well, but maybe they'd know me from social media or that. And they're gym goers and they're so into it and, you know, muscles on their eyelids and it's, they're, they're that type of person. And then they get chatting to me and maybe they see that I'm a lot deeper than what they maybe expected. I'm not all about biceps and abs. There's a lot more to me than that. And I'll have conversations with them that maybe they're a different level of intelligence of conversations that maybe they weren't expecting to have, you know, and they see that I'm I'm huge on mindset, I'm huge on personal development and I can have conversations around all those sorts of stuff rather than just what's the best bicep exercise. I'm not really about that. That doesn't interest me anymore. I mean, I'm always into fitness. I'm always loving that sort of stuff. But my interests go far beyond that now. And I need to be challenged. That's the way I am now. I need to be challenged and I need to find stuff that sets my brain on fire and gets me gets me thinking about things and challenges me in a different way. And just doing bicep curls doesn't do that anymore. And talking about bicep curls doesn't do that anymore. So there's always that, you know, it's I'm going to speak about it a little bit further on the podcast, but there's something that we call, I suppose, you know, it's like subconscious. You you can do things on automatic. You can do things on autopilot. And for me, the fitness stuff is one of those. So I need to talk about other stuff because I need to challenge myself. So I'm becoming a lot more rounded. My I've broadened my horizons. And that's only really happened probably in the last four or five years, I would say. Up to that, I was getting pigeonholed in a certain way. And I don't think it was good for me, really. And even like what I would have found is, People had started treating me differently and not particularly in a good way. Like what I was finding was I'd go to events with family and friends and different things like that. And I'd, I, I did find I was getting treated a little bit differently than I would have probably in the previous 10 years of my life. And this was because I think if you'd ask me why, I would say I had become so into my work. I had nearly cut myself off. Like I had stopped making contact with people. I'd stopped making time for people. I wasn't making the effort anymore. So I I think it was... It was more that I had nearly bought into the fact that I was building my business enormously. I was gaining a following online. Things were going really well for me. And I was putting all my eggs in one basket and that was all I was really into. And I was cutting everything off and thinking I didn't need any more. But everybody needs more. You need people around you and you need support and you need a network. And you need you need downtime as well. Sometimes you just need to sit down and play a game of pool with somebody and have a, a conversation about nothing. And that was something that I learned. And that was something that I had to learn. And when I say people treated me differently... that was really when it was bringing awareness to me this comes back to self-awareness again I I kind of started to understand that I needed to act differently myself because when I was going to a lot of these events and I was meeting up with people I started to find that maybe people were acting a little bit uncomfortable around me maybe they didn't know how to act around me maybe they didn't know what to talk to me about because they were seeing all my stuff online and they were seeing all the mindset stuff and they were seeing that I was so driven and I was so passionate and maybe there was a part of them that felt I'm only kind of looking from from the other side of it here, but maybe there was a part of them that felt they didn't know how to speak to me and that maybe that I was going to find flaws with them because I'm, you know, you know, I'm so into kind of the personal development stuff and driving and being the best you can be. And I think maybe people were becoming a little bit uncomfortable and afraid to maybe have a conversation with me at times in case they felt I was judging them or something, which is not me at all. I don't judge anybody. It's not me at all. But again, you can't maybe blame people for, for thinking that at times when you've cut yourself off from the world and you've put everything onto your social media life. Um, initially I didn't really know how to deal with that I didn't know how to handle it because I wasn't experiencing that like this said this was all new to me as well like I had started to gain a bit of a following but I suppose I never really asked for that or I didn't know I didn't know how to deal with it it was all new it's not something that you're taught in life you have to figure it out for yourself when these things happen and 
comes back to self-awareness again. I realised that if I wanted to go back to having good relationships, relationships with people, it was up to me to form those relationships. And it was up to me to make people comfortable around me. And this comes back to, again, being aware enough to identify that. So I started to question, well, why did they have to have conversations with me? Why did they have to come and speak to me and make it easy for me? And I said, you know what? This is up to me. I'm going to have to change my reactions here. And I'm going to have to make people feel more comfortable around me again and make them realize that I'm still an ordinary guy and I'm still the fella they know, you know. So for me, it was about having to go and make them comfortable and put them at ease and go and just have a chat and ask them how they are and chat about their life and crack a few jokes and then they can see that I'm still the same person I always was and then it's it gets a little bit easier because they can approach you again but the only way you can do that is self-awareness if I had kept going down the road I was going I would have completely isolated myself because all I was doing was building my business and I was losing the people around me and that's not a good situation to be in so that's all I'm going to say to you anybody again maybe that's building a business if you're in the early stages I completely understand how it takes over everything and I completely understand how desperate you are to get it out there and that is that is important I think you have to have that drive you really really do but don't cut people off make sure you make that effort just even if it's only just taking five minutes to pick up a phone and chat to somebody or if it's going home once a week that's something I do all the time now I know I've mentioned this in the podcast before but it's something I feel a little bit bad about in the early years of business I could go three four months without visiting my parents and I hate saying that now and if somebody else said that to me I'd probably be a little bit taken aback by it and I, I look back now and I think, how did I let that happen? But that's how much things can take over. So when we come back to your identity, what you do is not who you are. What you do is not who you are. So it's really, really, really important to define that line. And where is that line? And and, and make sure your your life as a whole is balanced. That all of your worth is not coming from that one stream. It can't be. It can't be. Like if my business was taken away from me tomorrow, I would absolutely hate that. Of course I would. But I think I'd be in a better position to handle it now than I would have been three or four years ago. So always understanding that what you do is not who you are. And if all of your self-confidence, your self-worth is coming from that one stream and that's taken away from you, mentally you could be in a really, really bad place. So I'm just going to say that to you now, guys. If you find you're one of those people, it's probably time to start focusing on the other areas of your life and building a little bit of a more rounded approach. Okay, I hope that's making sense. Does that make sense a little bit? Do you know what? I've learned a few things as well over the last few months. The the lockdown has been an interesting one for me as well because it's taught me a few things that I wasn't even that aware of. I've always told you I'm I'm very interested in learning and I'm very driven work-wise and I don't waste much time. I never watch television. That was something that was... It's something that makes people laugh again because they'll always speak about movies and stuff and ask any of my friends. I'm notorious. They'll speak about the most famous movies in the world and I haven't seen them because I can't sit down and watch television for three hours. I just I look at it as a waste of time and it's not something I'm even able to do because I need to be on the go all the time. I'm always up and at something. So that's one thing that people do kind of laugh at me about. But I have discovered something about myself over the last couple of months with lockdown. And that is that escapism is needed for everybody and it's important. That was something that I wasn't doing over the last even year, two years. It's a very recent thing for me. My escapism would always have been at the weekend and it was football. Like I would go, I'd go to matches every weekend, I'd go to games and then I could watch three, four games over the course of the weekend. So my escapism was always football. But I think it's important again to have stuff beyond that. And I would never have had much escapism during the week. And lockdown has actually changed that. And it's, it's, it's when something like this happens that it brings the importance of it home. How important it is to actually just switch off. And get away from everything. Nobody wants to be listening to coronavirus 24-7. I certainly don't. So what I have found is I've started giving myself a little bit more leeway. 
And work is still busy. It's extremely busy. And it's nearly busier than ever, to be honest. My days are so long at the moment and I'm doing Facebook Lives and all sorts of stuff. And then I realised I just need to chill out a little bit in the evenings when it's all done. So there's two things I've really got into. The first is normal people. <laughs> normal people. It was, it was um, much of it was filmed in Tobercurry where I went to school. I won't say it's my hometown because it's not. My hometown is Bonanadon, which is about... Uh, five, seven minutes away from Tubbercurry. So I went to school in Tubbercurry. Um, so I was really interested to see a lot of the backdrops and stuff because everybody was talking about how this normal people was brilliant and it was hyped so much and I was seeing it on social media every single day of the week. And then I knew it was obviously filmed in Sligo as well. So I decided I'm just going to have a look at it. And yeah, I, I thought it was quite good. And I started watching that just watching it back on the RT player was what I was doing in the evenings. That was my for form of escapism. It was one form of escapism. It just takes you away into a different world for half an hour. You switch off and you forget about everything else. And that's good. So that was one thing. Um, don't watch that one with your parents, guys. <laughs> that's one piece of advice I'll give you. If you haven't seen it yet, don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one thing. Another thing then, and this is kind of a little guilty pleasure, and I'm a little bit embarrassed even telling you. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing away here today. Bit of a, a lump in my throat. Um... Yeah, the other thing that I'm a little bit embarrassed about telling you, but my other escapism has been, what is it called? Place A place in the sun. A place in the sun. That's been my escapism during lockdown. I've actually, I, I accidentally came across it. It's on Channel 4 at 3 o'clock most days. I was having a late lunch one day and I just flicked on the television and A Place in the Sun was on. I was like, oh, this is quite good. And when you can't go on holidays, you start watching it even more. Places like Lanzarote and Tenerife and all these places are on it. And I just started getting quite into it because I'm really interested in property and stuff like that anyway and even seeing the prices of stuff I do keep an eye on all that um, so I thought it was quite good and then I found myself arranging my lunch break around it every day so now every day at three to four you're probably not going to get me I'm having a late lunch and I'm watching a place in the sun so it's just great escapism so I think that is really important that's something I've learned from lockdown and that's something I'm going to keep in there is that little bit of escapism during the week because I was typically driving myself really really hard Monday to Friday then the escapism was there at the weekend and it was all football. But I think to break up the week, there's no harm, just even. I'll never, ever be the sort of person that sits down for three hours watching television in the evening. Like, that's never going to happen until the, the day I die. I can tell you that now. It's never going to happen. But for taking half an hour, just taking half an hour now and again, j just to switch off. You know, I think that's a good thing. So escapism is important, you know. Um, yeah, that was one of my les lessons from COVID. Speaking of COVID and speaking about our identity and where we fit in in the world and where we get our self-worth from. Another thing I worry about at the moment is those people that are like me that have that have maybe their identity wrapped up in their business. I don't have it so much anymore, but if people haven't got to that point yet, I worry what's going to happen because businesses are going to go to the wall. So COVID is really going to challenge this. COVID is really going to identify the people that are wrapped up in their businesses and the people that don't have anything beyond that because businesses are going to go to the wall. Businesses are going to go to the wall over the next few months and even over the next year. I don't doubt that for a second and I see it happening already. So if all of your self-worth is wrapped up in that business, how are you now going to cope? And that's something you need to think about. So before the next COVID situation arises, please, God, we'll never have anything on this scale again. I think it's kind of a once in a hundred years type of thing. But prepare yourself and ask yourself that question, those questions like, how am I prepared? Where is my self-worth coming from? Is it all wrapped up in my business? How would I cope if that business was taken away from me? It's not, it's not just business. There's other people that are all wrapped up in sport or all wrapped up in their team or whatever they do. So it's just a question. It's good to think about these things. And I'm just putting ideas out there today that maybe might resonate with some of you. Um, but yeah, as I said, for me, self-awareness was important. And going back to creating, creating engagement with the people around me and realising that it was up to me to do that rather than waiting for other people to do it. So that was just a few things that I learned along the way. But learning, learning and unlearning is something I'd like to speak about as well, because learning to me 
has been a massive part of my journey and I've spoke to you several times about it. I read every day, I listen to podcasts, I listen to audiobooks. It's a massive, massive part of my life. But something I think is incredibly important that's nearly even more important in a way is practical learning and learning on the job. I think people have got so caught up in the last 10, 15 years about qualifications and what course do I take on now? What do I sign up for next? You know, and there's nearly too much store, in my opinion, placed on practical qualifications, on degrees, on certs, on all these various things. Courses is good to have them, but they're not the be all and end all. I would almost prefer somebody that has learned in a practical sense, on the ground, done something. If I could ask them, you know, have you ever created something? Have you ever solved something yourself? Is there something that you've brought to light that you've learned through doing? They're the people I like to be with because I think they're the people that actually are the most useful to you. Those are those people that can figure things out for themselves. I think that's incredibly important. So I don't put too much store in actual, how would you say, official education, I suppose. I think, yeah, it's important to have your basic qualifications. But for me, the day I really started going forward wasn't the day I finished college. The day I finished college was only the start. That's where a lot of people, I think, struggle. I think they think they're done when they finish college or they finish school or whatever. But my my real learning started actually, and I'm not even going to say over the years when I finished college, it wasn't because there was a few wasted years there where I was working in a gym and I was kind of learning bits and pieces myself. But my real learning was when I became self-employed. And there was two aspects to that. One was that I started studying every single day and I still do read every day. And as I said, I'm learning all the time in, in books and podcasts and all that. But the other side of it then was learning on the ground and life learning and the school of hard knocks, as they say, and just getting out there and failing and trying different things. And when you fail, figuring out a different way and coming back and doing it again and again and again and keep doing it until it works. But you you learn so much more from that than what you will learn in books. And you can figure out 50 different variations of a push up from a book. But until you get on the floor and do your push up, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to know what it feels like. You're not going to know the struggle. You're not going to know what needs to be tweaked to improve it. So you can only actually do learn that by doing it. So I think just practical learning is incredibly important. And it's something that I think I'm going to be a lifelong learner. And I'm a bit of a, a bit of a pracademic as opposed to an academic these days. I'm never going to roll out that because I actually have it in my mind. I'm not going to tell you yet what it is, but I have another course in my mind that I am thinking of signing up for. But my practical learning will never stop and I view it as being equally important if not more important than the actual academic stuff so it's it's finding that balance and it's finding what works for you but I do think practical learning is just really really important another thing that I've learned over the last few years as well is about unlearning unlearning and questioning certain beliefs maybe that were handed to us we all grew up and parents maybe handed us down their beliefs and a lot of those beliefs are self-limiting and you, you can probably all identify stuff here that you've been handed something that maybe you could question it now and you could go, maybe they're wrong. And as kids, we always just assume our parents are right. Their job is to protect us. Their job is to educate us. So we take their word as gospel. And of course, like, I mean, there's they're only giving you the best of what they have. And that's what they believe. And they're doing their very best. So it's not criticism of them at all. But they can be wrong. <laughs> they can be wrong. So you need to learn as you grow that... Maybe they can be wrong and maybe there's a better way of doing things. And maybe what you've been told is not actually the best way to do something. Or maybe it's not the best best belief to have. Or maybe it's just something that you need to question. And beliefs change over time. As we get educated more, we learn different things. One of the really interesting ones in the fitness world actually is the food pyramid. There were a lot of people, probably the generation before me, that were stung by the food pyramid. It was one that I was questioning, to be honest, from a fairly early day. Because you, you figure out pretty quickly when you're training what works for you in a food food regard and what doesn't 
you figure out what is optimal, what's not. And sometimes, again, I spoke about it a couple of minutes ago, but it's practical learning. It's actually just on the job learning. That was how I was figuring out a lot of stuff before I did any qualifications. So I'd look at the food permit and I'd see six portions of starchy carbs a day, breads and pastas. And I was going, that couldn't be right. And I was questioning it and I was questioning it. And still this information was been banged out and it was government guidelines. And I can look at it now in, in, in retrospect and I can say, whoever came up with that is obviously not somebody who was training. Because it's it just didn't make sense to me. But the problem, I suppose, for the generation before me is that that was what they were being given. That was what they were being handed by their lecturers or by their teachers. And it was up to them to go out into the world and teach that. So there probably came a point where those people had to hold their hands up and say, we've got this wrong. We've got it wrong. And thankfully, and it was far too late coming, but in the last couple of years, government guidelines have changed on that. And the food permit has been changed. Not before time, but it needed to happen. But yeah, there certainly was a cohort of people who were out there educating people on the wrong stuff. And now it's a case of just having to say, do you know what? We were wrong. Let's just start again. So you've got to unlearn. You've got to unlearn. Okay. Um. Yeah, but we're, we're fixed. We have fixed and hardwired beliefs that we need to unlearn and that can be quite confronting so it's not always the easiest thing in the world to take on the, the challenge of changing those beliefs and questioning those beliefs because it's something that you've never questioned before and it can be uncomfortable and we even see things that have changed in the last like the world has changed so much even in the last five ten years never mind 20 years so beliefs have changed and as we become more educated we've got to challenge what we were told before and it's it can be it can be difficult because it's you've nearly wrapped your identity around those set of beliefs at times and those core values that you have, those beliefs that you've been handed down by somebody else, by parents, by teachers, by lecturers, by sports coaches, by all these people that have played a role in your life at some point. They've all formed you in some way to become the person you are today. So it can be quite confronting when you have to challenge that. And I see society has changed so much over the last 20 years even. Like, beliefs have changed so much. And one of the, this is probably, again, an uncomfortable example for some people, but I think racism has changed. Look at racism, how much that has changed over the last 20, 30 years. And now, like stuff that was going on 20, 30 years ago just wouldn't be accepted today. It's changed and it's changed for the better. But those beliefs that people had have been forced to change. So sometimes you're actually put in a situation where your beliefs often have to change due to situation or circumstance. Society has moved on, so we've had to move on with it. And it's all for the better, but we've had to learn and it's been through education. And I still hear sometimes you'll see an older generation in particular that might make a comment. And, you know, I'd, I'd hear comments sometimes and it just makes me cringe and it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. And it mightn't even be that it's coming from a place of racism on their part. It's that they don't know any better and it's that they're uneducated and it's just the set of beliefs that they've grown up with. And somebody who hits 70 years of age it's going to be very difficult to change those beliefs. So I think for my generation, like we we are absolutely horrified now by racism and we're absolutely horrified by homophobic abuse. All this sort of stuff has changed over the last few years and it's changed for the better. But we've had to, I suppose, question a lot of the beliefs that are previous generation were given so we've had to make our own decisions on this thing and this is why i think it's good to question things it's good to have self-awareness it's good to make your own decisions and it's good to come up with your own conclusions and i think that's happened a lot over the last few years and society has moved forward a lot because of that so when we speak again about identity and we speak about beliefs and we speak about core values you've got to question this stuff for yourself and you've got to decide what's important for you what do you value and then I think I think society has moved on over the last few years. And I think that's been a good thing. Um, so just question things. Question things is really, really, really good. Um, 
what else will I will I cover today? Or am I nearly done? I might cover one or two more bits for you while I'm here. Uh, practical learning. Just going back to practical learning. That's something I want to just cover a little bit more because it's it's an important one. And I think it's a really relevant one. And I think it's something you guys will have seen at some stage in your own lives where you'll have figured things out for yourself and you'll have gone, God, I learned an awful lot more by actually doing that than I ever would have any other way than having people telling me about it. I mean, people can tell you about everything. You can learn everything in books, but it's just experience. And as a coach, this is something I really have discovered. As a coach, you can only really bring true value to people if you've experienced the situation yourself. I think you can only go as deep as what you've experienced. You can tell the theory, but I don't think you can bring as much value as if you've experienced that yourself. Like I've experienced a lot of hardships over the years. So when people are struggling, I can put myself in their shoes because I've been there. And that puts me in a much, much stronger position as a coach because I can help them come up with solutions because my empathy gene now, I think, is about 10 times more than most people because I've been through a lot of it myself. So I can put myself in their shoes and I can understand what they're feeling. And then I can put myself in there and I can go, if I was in this situation, what do I need to hear? What do I need this coach to tell me? How do I move forward? And because I've experienced it myself, I've discovered a lot of the answers along the way. So I think you can really, by actually being in that practical situation, you can bring an awful lot more value to the people around you. And that's not just who coaching, that's everybody. If you've experienced stuff, you're probably a lot more a lot more in that position where you can you can help people a lot more because you can identify that situation and you've been there and you can come up with practical solutions. You see it a lot in I suppose people that are starting out on a new journey, maybe people that are starting a new career, they're starting a new job and it's all new to them. And I can identify here again because people come to me all the time from fitness backgrounds and they'll ask me if they're starting out, they look for advice and they look for tips. And something I would say here is that you don't have to be brilliant at everything. You don't have to be brilliant at everything. And certainly not on week one. You're not going to be perfect and that's okay. There's certain things you're going to be absolutely amazing at. And I'm going to give you credit for that. And I'd like you to give yourself credit for that. And I'd like you to say, I'm not terrible at everything. Because as human beings, we tend to focus on the negative. There's a huge negativity bias. We'll focus on what we're not doing well, but we'll ignore the things that we are good at. So there's some things you're amazing at. And there's other things you're not good at. You've still got your L plates on. The little, whatever you call them, the uh, stabilizer wheels are still on the bike. You're still at that point. That's okay. You've got to learn. You've got to take time and you've got to practice it. And you'll get better as you go. And you've got to be saying... I don't need to be great. I don't need to be great on week one. But let me say this to you. Compare the week one person with the week 50 person. And it's going to be like a totally different person. It's going to be night and day. Everybody's got to start at week one. And you're not going to be good on week one. By week 50, you're going to be a little bit better. By week 550, you're going to be an awful lot better. But it's only by turning up and repetitively doing the thing. And learning as you go. And figuring out what didn't work so well and what do I need to tweak. And it's working on your weaknesses as well. Think about it even in a sports perspective. If you are on your strong foot all the time, you're kicking a ball off your right foot, your right foot's your strong one, that becomes quite easy for you. That's not a problem. You know, you could do that till the cows come home. If you were to go on your left foot and you've never used your left foot, that's you're not so good. You're not so good. You're much, much weaker on that. But if you keep working on your left foot day after day after day, by week 50, your left, your left foot is probably almost as strong as your right because you've kept doing it and you've got over that feeling of, you know, that I'm not as good and therefore I can't use it. I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to stick with what I'm good at. So put yourself in the uncomfortable position. Be okay with being useless at the beginning. Everybody's shit at the start, guys. Everybody is. Take it into speaking and all that. We're all the same. We're no good at the start. You just got to keep turning up and you got to keep working on it and it gets a little bit easier as you go and you get better as you go. So it takes time. Starting out takes time and it's, it's one of those. You just keep doing it. You keep turning up. But another reason that I think it's important to do things that you're not good at 
Every human being needs a sense of progress and a sense of purpose. And that motivates motivates us in a way as well. So when you do the thing that you're not good at, you're going to start seeing progress. And then you're going to want to do a little bit more. Whereas if you only do the thing that you are good at, you're going to reach a point where you're not making progress because you're doing it on autopilot. It's not challenging you. So you need to be doing that thing. This is, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast as well. I need to be challenged and I need to feel that I'm making progress. And I think every human being is like that. So if you're somebody at the moment who feels like you're stuck in a rut and your life is just the same day to day to day, it might be a good idea to take on something that's going to challenge you. Because what happens then is that your whole life starts to change because you start to see you're seeing progress in one area and it's motivating you and you're starting to realize what you're capable of doing and you take that into other areas of your life. When I run my online course, Six Weeks to Happiness, this is regular feedback I get. People say, yeah, I've lost weight and all the rest, but everything else about their life has changed as well. They've become better decision makers. They've become more confident in themselves. And the the reason they're better decision makers is because they're more confident in themselves. They're not as hesitant anymore. They've become more resilient. They've become stronger mentally because they've gone out training on days that it's bucketing down rain and there's wind in their face and they didn't want to do it. But by showing up day after day after day, they've seen that they got a result. And now the day that it's raining, they do it without thinking about it. And metaphorically, the rain, the rainy days are going to happen in other areas of your life as well. But now those people can cope with them. And it's the same when they're doing little workouts at home. The last few reps that really, really hurt. The push-ups. The ones where it's easier to stop on, on, on number 17 instead of going to 20. The ones that go to 20, they feel like they've achieved something. And they're stronger and they're more resilient. And that becomes their whole life because their mindset changes. They're mentally stronger. So that's why I think it's important to do things that you're uncomfortable with. To see progress, to build resilience, to change your life, to change your life. It does work, guys. It does work. I'm living proof of that. I worked hard on my fitness. I worked hard on my my work life. The gym was where I felt comfortable. There was no other areas of my life I was particularly confident. But once I got confident at one area, it transferred into a lot of other areas. So I would definitely say to you, take on something that challenges you. That's not out of your comfort zone. Sorry, that is out of your comfort zone. But that's not too far that it's going to crush you. So you want something that's challenging, but manageable. Not something that's going to completely crush you and destroy other areas of your life. I hope that makes sense. So just slightly out of that comfort zone, but it is doable. Always out of the comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. But make it doable. So I've touched on this earlier in the podcast but I'm just going to finish with it and it's unconscious competence versus reflective competence and there is a difference here so unconscious competence has been really good at something that you don't think about it it's just second nature to you you've got so good at it that it's not challenging it's just, like I mentioned it there me in the gym I know it so well at this stage I could do it blindfolded so showing somebody how to do bicep curls showing somebody how to bench press it's easy it's very very easy whereas Somebody that's just starting out in the industry, there's going to be an awful lot more thought that goes into that. They're going to be questioning themselves a lot more. Is this right? Is that right? Am I teaching this properly? Am I missing some teaching points? Whereas when you become competent at it, it's easy. I just do it on autopilot. Don't even need to think about it. Um, But I think it's good to be questioning things. It's good to be trying to improve yourself. Because what happens when things go up a level? I can be very, very comfortable in that environment. But what if I suddenly am put into an environment where I'm in with the best trainers in the world? Then what happens? Because I haven't been improving myself. I've got into a comfort zone where I'm doing that on autopilot, but I haven't looked to improve. So that's why I'd always, always, always say, try and improve yourself. Even if you feel like you're at a level where you might be the best at what you do, or you might be the best in your in your work company, or you might be the best in your business, or you might be the best in your team sport. But how could you improve yourself? Don't let yourself sit at that. Raise the bar again. Try and improve yourself. So this is where reflective competence comes in. So reflective competence is effectively looking back and saying, what could I do better? 
what could I do better? So I might be the best player on this basketball court. But what am I? What could I improve? Is there something in me that I know is still not at 100%? If I was to go on to another court with better players, where do I need to improve to get to their level? That's the way I would look at things. And I'm always pushing myself and I'm always stretching myself. And I think that's a good attribute to have. And I always think if you're the best player on the basketball court, you need to find another court to play on. That's the way I would always approach it. So when I say to you earlier about my horizons been broadened, if I was the best person in the gym, that's not enough for me anymore. I've, I need to develop my mind. I need to do other things. So I've got more into personal development. I've got more into psychology. I've got more into studying stuff. I'm kind of looking at doing more courses further down the line. So it's always that improvement and it's reflective competence. So I'm still quite good at what I do. That's not a problem. But I'm looking for where I could be better. I'm looking for where I could be better. And that's not done with self-loathing and that's not done from a point of beating yourself up at all. It's just asking what could improve? Where could be better? Is there a couple of small little changes to my life that would make me better? That would improve me in some way. Okay, so I hope that's got you thinking today, guys. We've covered a good bit of stuff. There's a fair bit in it. Hopefully, you've took something on board. As always with a podcast, you don't need to take everything in. If you take one or two things away from it, you're doing quite well. And as always, it's about applying rather than just listening. So take what you can from it, but apply it. Always apply it. I hope you found that interesting, guys. I hope there's something useful in that for you. And yeah, until next week. Again, guys, I've mentioned this once or twice before, but if you could do me a little favor, if you could leave a review on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever it is that you get your podcast, if you leave a review, they tend to push it out to more people, which would help me grow the podcast. And that would be incredible. So thank you. Much appreciated, guys. Facebook Live tonight at 7. Wednesdays at 7, we do Facebook Live. If you want to jump on for a chat, that would be amazing. Um, talk to you again soon. All the best.